Drummer Magazine originally launched in Los Angeles in 1975 and was published until 1999. It was the largest American leather magazine at the time, and some would argue that it helped create the leather movement as we know it today. It had featured writers and artists like Tom Finland, Rex, Robert Maplethorpe, and Samuel Stewart. We relaunched the magazine in October of 2019 as a quarterly in print and digital format, and you can find that at drummermen.com. And we now have a podcast. I'm the publisher of Drummer and your host, Jack McCollum, and each month we'll be bringing you the most provocative tales come to life from the pages of this legendary magazine. Episode 1 is by Rubberman Kevin Clark. Here's his story, Industrial Rubber, Real Rubber, Heavy Rubber, How I Found My People. Have a listen. Right now I'm sitting in a pair of my favorite chest waders. And I've got a heavy Carhartt set of rain gear on and a black diamond rubber raincoat on top of that. Right next to me is my collection of fireman boots. Tall, three-quarter boots, black rubber with yellow trim. And they're lining the wall, which is right next to my closet of gear. It's full of hazmat suits, wellies, coveralls, wading suits, waders, dry suits, harnesses, I've got rubber gloves, and my dive gear. There's masks, hoods, and hoses. And it's my home office. I've got a rack of chest waders that are all hung by their soles in the next room. And I've got a collection of hip boots just folded and lined up right below those. I can smell my gear when I'm coming down the hall, and I love it. It smells like rubber, sweat, and mud. And there's even a, a, a small smell of manure because I got a pair of Dunlops from a farmer in Michigan and I decided not to clean it once I got it. As you can tell, I like rubber a lot. Industrial rubber, real rubber, heavy rubber, uh, utilitarian rubber gear that's used by real men for real work. My attraction to it uh, has always been with me, and it, it's it's a part of me. It's been been there as long as I can remember, and it took some time to find other guys who were into it too. When I was three. I begged my parents for fireman boots. They searched all over Chicago to find size three boots. When I outgrew those, I begged them for the green rubber boots that were so popular in the 70s. They had uh, yellow laces and I wore them all the time. Uh, My mother, she couldn't figure out why I wanted to wear them when the weather was so nice. I soon discovered that I had a friend whose father was a fisherman and he kept his collection of chest waders and hip boots in their basement. He had so many pairs and I would go down there and 
just pull on a pair and then pile the other ones on top of me while all my friends were outside playing. There was even a pair of pure latex stocking foot chest waders from L.L. Bean that I dreamed to own one day. I really wanted my own pair of waders. And when I was 16, I bought my first pair. They were a pair of Hodgman chest waders that I'd seen in the Sears catalog for years. And as soon as I got my driver's license, I borrowed my dad's car and I went right to the mall. I bought the waders and I took them out to the car. I couldn't wait to pull them on. I wanted to go to the nearest forest reserve and walk around in them. I was driving and I was trying to concentrate on the road. Finally, I had to pull over and uh, I could barely stick my hand down the front of the waders before I just came inside of them. I, I was so excited. I didn't know that the chest waders had this kind of coating on the outside of them. And when I got home later that night, my dad came to me and he said, what's all over the seats? And I, I didn't know what to say. After that, I drove up to an outlet store in Wisconsin. And it was uh, the first time I got to try on a pair of lacrosse hip boots. They were green and I had a strap to hook to my belt. And I like to wrap them around my balls. I put a towel down on my dad's car seat so that I wouldn't leave any residue behind this time. I had this growing collection of gear and I decided to hide it all under my bed. I had the two pairs of waders. I had a pair of heavy latex gloves that I got from an art class. Um, I had a gas mask from Drama Club. And I had a pair of uh, electrical lineman gloves that I found in the street. And when I was 17, <laughs> uh, my sister discovered the whole collection under the bed uh, when she was having a slumber party. She asked me why I had all this gear. Um, because I like it. It was all I could think to say. Well, it seemed to satisfy her. But man, I could not wait to live on my own and just have all my gear around me and not have to hide it. Rain gear was the next thing I discovered. I bought my first set of black diamond gear in Vancouver in 1987, and I still have it today. And it's worth hundreds and hundreds of dollars. I see listings on eBay for this gear and it's crazy. Then I got a rubber diving dry suit at a Goodwill store. It was an Aquala and it was $50. Again, these suits can go for $1,000 right now. I jack off on or in my gear all the time and even fall asleep with it on. Just thinking about the gear would make me horny as hell. At first it didn't seem normal. If I saw a construction worker in slush boots uh, the sewer department workers in their waders and harnesses or a fire crew at the scene of an incident. I was like hypnotized. I, 
I'd circle my car or my bike back around just so I could stare. That heavy rubber gear resonated with me in so many ways, physically, emotionally, and most definitely sexually. I didn't even know what a fetish was at the time. I felt different and often wondered, am I the only person in the world who likes this? Do you want more cutting-edge kink content? Subscribe to Drummer Magazine at drummerman.com. And yes, a print subscription will get you a digital one for free. It also includes digital back issues of the magazine from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, as well as our current relaunch issues. And you can listen to our podcast ad-free, because ads like this in podcasts suck. For me, I associated the rubber gear with masculinity. Firemen, sewer workers, commercial divers, construction workers, fishermen, electricians, and hazmat crews. It wasn't until I discovered Drummer Magazine in 1981 that I found guys that I lusted after. Even though there were no rubber guys in the drummer features back then, I found men who had an interest in heavy rubber from all over the U.S. and Canada in the classifieds. One of the ads that I came across was from the owner of Chicago's leather shop, Mailhide. I went down to the store in a pair of fire boots, and he greeted me in a pair of hip boots. We said hello, and then he took me downstairs and fucked me in one of the dressing rooms. It was so hot. I also visited a big, sexy lobsterman in Maine. And one of the highlights when I was there, uh, we were both in his dirty oil skins and waders. He catheterized me and then fucked me while my catheter filled my boot. Through another guy that I met in the drummer ads, I learned about French and German fetish magazines like Agenda, Plan K, Mr., Project X, and my favorite, Toy. I wrote a letter to Toy because I wanted to know who the hot bearded guy in the Drager dry suit was on the cover of one of their issues. They actually forwarded my letter to that guy in Germany, and he and his boyfriend visited me then in San Francisco in 1988. In that same issue were two guys. One of them was wearing a gas mask, and he had the end of his hose shoved into the other guy's asshole. There were other issues that had guys in rubber macs and waders and gloves, dry suits, hazmat suits, and they're all wallowing in these tanks of piss or getting spit on or being fucked in mud pits. I couldn't believe my eyes. These magazines definitely helped define my sexuality and my fetish. My interest in rubber led me to pursue being a fireman. I worked full-time for six years for a Chicago suburban department in the 90s. It was back when we still wore the tall rubber fire boots and long rubberized Nomex jackets. I quickly qualified for and joined the hazmat and dive rescue teams. And I learned how to 
drive a fire engine, flush a hydrant, ventilate a burning building, and carry an injured person from the fire. It was really rewarding and so horny. I really enjoyed being on the fire department. I love the tradition, especially here in Chicago with the history of the Chicago fire and how that is so revered. But it was the homophobia that I encountered in the department that uh, made me quit the job. I'd heard gay slurs from the guys I worked with. I was sworn to protect them and they were sworn to protect me. I was 31 years old and very much in the closet. The news was all about Rock Hudson's HIV diagnosis. As we told you at the top of the show, actor Rock Hudson has AIDS, acquired immune deficiency syndrome. And other well-known gay men dying of AIDS. The derogatory comments from all the guys about queers and Their ignorant statements about HIV and AIDS were relentless and really stressful. Federal health officials consider it an epidemic, yet you rarely hear a thing about it. I decided that to ease my mind, I would start reading Armistead Maupin's Tales of the City. The truth deep down was that I just lost my partner to AIDS. I was grappling with the loss and the loss of others in my life who were so young and full of promise. Plague! We are in the middle of a plague! And you behave like this! I began reflecting on my life. Who was I, really? What was important to me, and what direction did I want my life to go in? I knew that I had to accept my sexual identity and embrace this heavy gear fetish. In my life, and in my heart, I felt that I had succeeded in pursuing my dream of being a fireman and wearing the gear that I was into for real. Uh, firefighting was an admirable and rewarding job, and I'm proud that I did it. But in the end, it just wasn't for me. That being said, being a fireman and wearing that gear, it, it only made my fetish more intense. Plus, I got to keep all the gear, and I still have most of it. Before the internet, trying to find industrial gear was hard, but it wasn't impossible. I just spent a lot of time going through the classifieds and newspapers or going to garage sales. A lot of real rubber rain gear, boots, waders, and diving gear were sold at all the different department stores. You could also find a lot of stuff at the Army-Navy surplus or at Goodwill. I would read about the local fire departments that were transitioning from the rubber fire coats and the tall rubber boots to two-piece turnout gear and the short boots. I'd go to the stations and I'd ask if I could 
buy them, and a lot of times they just give it to me. I really started to build up my collection, and this is before eBay even existed. The internet in the late 90s made it easy to track down the things that I'd always wanted or only seen in pictures, as well as the things that I never knew existed. I was able to find dry suits from Finland or rain gear from Norway, wellies from the UK, and unlined rubber chest waders from Japan. I really grew my collection beyond black rubber into colors and high-vis gear. Another thing the internet did was open me up to chat rooms to meet other guys that were into heavy rubber and then hooking up. And that made the rubber world that much smaller. I was able to connect with so many more men with the same heavy rubber obsession like mine on sites like Recon or Waiters and Wellies, uh, Rubber Zone and Gear Fetish. And now with Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, Flickr, FetLife, I find it a lot easier to chat and eventually meet guys from all over the world. I post pictures of me in gear, fire gear, dive, rain, hazmat, sewer, and I receive feedback that builds my confidence. It's also humbling when I hear from someone who tells me that I inspire them to buy certain gear or go out in their own hometown in rubber. When I was young, I thought I was all alone in the universe. And now I have friends all over the world who have the same fetish that I do. I'm continually learning from others about vintage gear or new stuff to try. And I love to share as much information as I can with other guys. To be able to share my experience and help others discover their authentic heavy rubber selves is really rewarding. Having a large collection of gear was something that I'd always dreamed of. Now, getting to wear that gear out and about, not just to a fetish event or a club or a bar, but in everyday life, that's a goal that I push myself towards every day. I'd love to wear my gear to get coffee or buy groceries or go for a hike, go sit at the lake and watch the sunrise. It makes me horny now as it did back when I first tried it on. That was Industrial Rubber, Real Rubber, Heavy Rubber, How I Found My People by Rubberman Kevin Clark of Chicago. Have you ever wondered what a Berlin sex club might be like during a pandemic? Then tune in next month to find out. And please make sure to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes and Spotify. And subscribe to the magazine at drummerman.com. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time.